0: Welcome to What's the Word Downtown, a weekly podcast dedicated to mining the depth of the word, a word that's sharp and active in downtown Tyler, Texas. Join Eric, Matt, and Mike as we get the word out at Bethel. Hey, welcome back to What's the Word Downtown. I'm Matt McGill. This is Pastor Eric Barton. And Eric, we just finished up a six-week run Titus.
1: Through the book of Titus. been a wonderful study. For me personally, I have enjoyed it. I think even more than I anticipated, I got a whole lot more out of it than I thought was going to be there for me personally, for me pastorally. And I hope that everyone who went through the book with us feels the same way. Isn't it like that? It is. The word
0: is living. Yeah. And the spirit within us confirms it. And it's like, sometimes I'll go away from the Bible. Can I tell the truth on this podcast? I mean, for 30 Some, minutes at most. I mean, sometimes I forget what life is in this book. It's not really so much that the life is in the book or the pages or the word right. It's the word within me confirming the word made text. Totally. And just uh, uh, you know, a, a, a six, uh, three-chapter, uh, six-week run through uh, just correspondence, really. But yeah. it's correspondence that, that uh, is full of the heart of God. In Paul, expressing himself in love and exhortation and direction uh, to this young church. We talked about it being like a kindling fire, like you got to be careful with it. You've got to watch it and watch out for divisiveness and watch out for, you know, uh, the wolves in sheep's clothing that would uh, lead you astray with preaching anti-gospel.
1: That's it. And so it is just a correspondence between a man and another guy on the island of Crete. It's Mm -hmm. just that. But what it is, spirit-inspired, it's revelatory of the kingdom ethic and aesthetic that we are to pursue, to explore, to enjoy and experience. We say all the time, I hope, and you've just mentioned it, Mm -hmm. the Word of God does not merely mean something. It does something. Mm. It's word mm. act. Mm-hmm. It is God's revelation of God's revelation. And so even a letter between two men, ecclesiologically, sure. actually reveals a whole bunch about our lives on the other side of the world 2,000 years later. Yeah. It's incredible.
0: Well, because the majesty of the gospel exists without doubt in, yeah. in a... Uh, what should we say, like glorious, transcendent uh, church, uh, uh, you know, international, you know, like the yeah. bigness of church. But the gospel also exists right here. Absolutely. Between Eric and Matt, between Paul and Titus. And, and even, a, even in a letter, you can glean so much of, of Christ's living movement between them.
1: You know, it, so that's it. it I, this is summer. And yeah. we always hear people talking about going on vacation or going away to camp or having a, a, a family camp or a retreat or whatever. And then there's always that bemoaning at the end of, ah, but now I have to go back to quote the real world. Mm. What the book of Titus and what we saw in Ephesians and all of these epistles, what they reveal to us is, no, 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 no. Those times of blessing, those times of gospel encounter and intimacy, relationally, where it is joy, it is like, this is how it's supposed to be. That's actually the real world, increasingly so. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's still fallenness. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's still brokenness, suffering, pain, trauma, and trial. But that's the real world. Mm -hmm. And we say this Throughout the whole series of Titus, the image that we've been using trying to refresh again and again is that Jesus has pulled back the boundary and the border of the future coming kingdom into our present age. He's pinned it down with the cross. We get to live in that future kingdom now. That's the gospel. Mm -hmm. And so those times of family bliss, those times of retreat into a beautiful setting of respite, peace, joy, fulfillment, that's the real world. Yeah. And so we get to be, in a sense, we're not post millennial. We don't think we're going to make the world uh, perfect on our own strength. No, but we get to live according to that future kingdom now. And so this little book of Titus, where Paul writes to Titus in a setting that I think is very similar to uh, what we saw in early part of the book of Acts where the church is starting to break forth in what is modern Turkey. Mm -hmm. We see it in Crete. These little churches that are affiliated and associated with one another, I think is very pertinent for what we do as a church here in East Texas, an association and affiliation of campuses that is one church, just like they were on Crete, but that are dealing with one another in slightly different contexts, having indigenous expressions that manifest Mm -hmm. themselves differently. And yet that's the real world. Yeah, and
0: just a, just a teaser. I'm going to be preaching this week, and I'll be looking through. Yeah, oh. remember in Hebrews where he says, "And we have no city on a hill. We have a city that is to come." That's right. something like the definition of hope. Yeah, that is to say, uh, just like you said, if I'm if I'm trying to glean uh, hope from this world, I will find myself conversely uh, becoming more and more hopeless. That's but when it. I lead in. When I lean into uh, the word, that is the word written in text, the word. Jesus and you and Jesus and me connecting to where we get caught up we get literally raptured out of an old dead kingdom and we begin to sense and have a taste of the fullness that is to come
1: that was augustine city yeah. of god right mm-hmm. the fallen city that is crumbling and it is in tattered fallen no matter how good it looks right is corrupt it is rotten from within but then there's the other city mm. that city that is come and is coming both ends. I don't want to get onto it, but it's helpful because we're talking about we're
0: talking about something different than the eyes or the mouth or the ears, or the, the five senses that, that that we are gifted with. Uh, you know, and, and I, I don't want to. What I would say is those are the those are the, the ways that we sense, um, you know, time and place and space. But what we're talking about here is the heart. We're talking about the heart. That's where, that's the new kingdom. That is, uh, that is how we discern one another's needs, one another's hurts, one another's, uh, uh, it, it elicits. My brokenness elicits uh, from you the, the word, like it draws out the word. This is, again, yeah. I mean, and, and, and so I, I would say an old kingdom looks to depend on the senses yeah. The new kingdom looks to depend on the heart, and the senses can follow and then can enjoy, but they can't lead, if that makes sense. I don't know, maybe I'm
1: off. Maybe it's a dovetail. No, we I, do that from time to time. <laughs> and there's a safe place for yeah. us to do that. Yeah. In the Old Testament, there's a great refrain that happens periodically There is a balm in Gilead. Yeah. And you sense this longing, this groaning, this I have pain, I have an eagerness for a betterment of my circumstances. There is a balm in Gilead, there is hope, there is healing. What we find in the New Testament, because of the finished work of Christ, that in a very real sense, the and Gilead, yes, of course, is the Spirit of God and the, and the Word of God and Jesus, of course. But practically and in proximate nearness, it's you mm. and it's me. When I'm broken and I am in a season of hurt or even harm, the and Gilead is Matt McGill in Christ. It's the heart of God turned out toward us. It is. And so when Paul says this very candidly, politically incorrect thing of, hey, someone that comes in and tries to harm or thwart or blunt the sharpness of the balm and Gilead, Mm -hmm. mixed metaphors there, someone who comes in who sows a deviant, divisive doctrine... We have no time for that. We have no time and space for that because that's harming people. That's not a bomb in Gilead. That's a bomb, Mm B-O-M-B, in Gilead that's causing explosive pain, suffering, and it's saddling people with burden, and it's chaining people with legalistic uh, binding and stricture. And so Paul says, warn a dude. He does it again, warn him again, I think hearkening to Jesus' words in Matthew 18. And then... Muslim have nothing to do because so much is at stake, so much is at risk. We have no time and space for someone who's going to come in and try to impose bondage and binding on the people of God. And it's hard
0: because so regularly there is an assumption uh, that all that are in this place uh, are in Christ. Right, (laughs) right. (laughs) And can we be in Christ and be errant?
1: Of course, uh, well, and we all are. Right. And that's, I mean, Luther, right? But Eric and our theology
0: as, as, I mean, there, you, there's been several, several times, not many, not many, but there's been <laughs> several times after you preach, especially when we, remember when you do two services and we would do like a, you know, halftime, it would be like, uh, you know, we'd be in the back, you know, okay, Eric, that one thing
1: you said, yeah, could you do a little bit, you know, be, yeah. and we need that, that anyway. I, well, the point is. Everybody believes something wrong about God. Mm-hmm. Everybody has corrupt theology because mm-hmm. it's a human endeavor. Mm-hmm. Everybody's wrong mm-hmm. at some level. Mm-hmm. What we want to do in community is to refine those things off. Sometimes apply heat, sometimes apply chisel. I get to come to you. You get to come to me. We come to one another. We pastorally say, hey, here's some, here's some fine grit sandpaper. Let's try to work on this. And in community, as we process through these things together, we want to refine our thinking about God. It's never going to be perfect in this life. But where we know there's error, those things that are counter to the gospel, that stuff we have no tolerance for. So the way and we have to become keen at sniffing it out. We do,
0: and we treat one another. Is that is that still is that kind of apophatic? In so much as
1: yes, of what it is not. What so the gospel is not behavior modification. The gospel is not uh, moralism and pressure. Pressure toward piety. It's not that. It is. And we said this on Sunday, the indicative is what has happened, what God has done in Christ. After all that, then, this is then, as Francis Schaeffer would say, how now we shall live.
0: Right. The imperative made made actual by,
1: by the, the power indicative. of grace. grace. Absolutely. Grace works. That's it. And yeah. so that's why Paul ends the letter the way he does, is saying, hey, grace. Grace to all of you. God's unmerited favor, his loving kindness, his love of humanity manifested in Christ, may that shoot forward. Mm -hmm. May that shoot forward and may the echo from the future kingdom echo back. Mm -hmm. And so we we get to live in that.
0: I love in 14 here, uh, 3, it says, and let our people learn to devote themselves to good works so (sighs) as to help Cases of urgent need and not be unfruitful. I liked, first off, the word let. Mm -hmm. Don't prohibit them. Yeah. Don't get in their way because God's producing something in them that needs to flow.
1: So the spirit is doing a thing. Yeah. It's sort of, uh, you might think of it as putting some fins on a rocket. Yeah. Give a little bit of direction, steering, but the spirit's doing the thing. We often think, hey God, you do the hard things, I'll do the important things. No, no, no. The spirit's doing the thing. We get to participate in maybe helping one another out, but that's the thing. And it's not just good works of again doing nice things. It is an intentionality well, it's, of it's, righteousness. He
0: says devote. Right. That's a heart, that's heart language. Absolutely. Right. My devotional. Yep. My devotion is unto uh, the good of the other.
1: Correct. My life for y'all. Mm-hmm. My life for the improvement of my sphere of influence. Not of my strength. Not as a, but a rule, I'm, but no, as a no, no, flow. No. Exactly. Exactly. That righteousness would flow down like a river. We see it in Micah 6. Mm-hmm. What does God desire? That you would walk humbly. Love justice. Love mm-hmm. loving kindness. Well, guess what? The shock of shocks. It's the people of Crete. The descendants of Goliath, shock of shocks. It's people of East Texas in the 21st century. We are Micah six eight, incarnate, Mm. which is an amazing thing that Saul of Tarsus could never have imagined or understood until the Holy Spirit illumined it, and we see that manifest in the Book of Titus.
0: All who are with me send greetings to you. Greet those who love us in the faith. I love that. Who love us Mm -hmm. in the faith. Mm -hmm. It's easy to love people around me for their cool cars or <laughs> right. their good looks or whatever else it is, what shared, shared affinities, right. all of those things. What is it to love in the faith?
1: Oh man, it is to see another person through God's eyes, mm. to love them for their sake, to love them how they are, who they are, where they are, what they're like, and see them with a view to the future. Paul says in 2 Corinthians five seventeen, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. But that's Isaiah 65 language. Mm-hmm. That is, Matt McGill is a walking around little of the new heaven and new earth. It's But him. we put each other off.
0: We do. I, I mean, like, I may be that, but I don't show that all the time. Way too much of me comes out and gets in the way of the new creation that I am. And you continue to love me as if. You do see what I'm showing you. (laughs) Jesus would look
1: at you and smile and go, Oh, but you have no idea what you're gonna look like.
0: Mm.
1: But I do, Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna treat you accordingly. Mm. I don't do that instinctively. And so I devote myself. I practice that presence and go, Man, I look at this guy, or maybe this other person that is what we like to euphemistically call an EGR, an extra Mm -hmm. grace required. Mm -hmm. Well yeah I'm an EGR to a whole lot of people and I know that, but I get to stop and sort of make that synaptic gap in my mind, not just treat them instinctively from the flesh, but wait a second. What is this person going to look like in a thousand years? It kind of drives me crazy right now, but they are a glorious, immortal child of the King.
0: Love, and we engage them that way. I love when I'm working on a song and I go, oh boy, this one.
1: <laughs> this,
0: and it's just me in this room here. Yeah. And it's just me. and I'm like, oh man, maybe sing it for a couple hours. And then I get with the guys and they... Learn it, and then we're going, This song is gonna slay. And it's <laughs> Correct, something right. like what Jesus is saying and seeing in me that my right. eternal self will shine and refract his glory eternally. And he sees it already, but we don't always. We don't. And so we need one another.
1: But we sometimes, like Jesus, the creator, mm-hmm. who peered into the void, looked at it, and said, Let there be. Hmm. Often we are most like our, crea- our, our creator when in the image of godness that he has given us by grace, we peer sometimes into the void that is Matt McGill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. And say, let there be. And you peer be. into the void that mm-hmm. is the chaos of Eric Barton and say, let there be. And you draw that out and you creatively say, let there be. Let them devote themselves let, let it, there be and, and it's all creative. and
0: it's like the the education the idea of draw it out come on let's float let's yeah it's this
1: is good stuff dude it's the gospel i mean it's the gospel yeah if it gets any better i i don't know that i could handle it but it's it's good stuff
0: grace be with you all mm, that's it we'll see you this coming sunday at 10 a.m. For what should be... My man, bring in the word. I mean... Let it be heard. (laughs) We'll see y'all this week. God bless. Bye now.